The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have a really fun topic to talk about and one that I think will excite a lot of people in the world of woo, in the world of intuition, and it's one of those things that a lot of people really, really enjoy and like to do, and that is divination cards, like the tarot and all of the decks that are proliferating right now out in the world. And we're going to talk a little bit about how they work, why they work, and maybe some special ways that we can work with them. We're also going to talk about some of the pitfalls of divination cards and why really, like everything else in this world, the goal of these cards is not to take your power away, but rather just one of many, many, many tools to help you connect with your own inner wisdom. All right, so here we go. So yours truly doesn't actually work a lot with divination cards. So it's kind of funny that I'm doing a podcast on them, but I do own a lot of decks and I do have a very interesting history with the most famous divination deck of all, the Tarot. And I've been, well, I haven't in a long time, but I started reading tarot cards when I was in high school and I was given a deck by my mother who really know when she started doing it. I never asked her, but I read my cards a lot when I was in high school. Back then, high school was pretty, it was a pretty dramatic and somewhat traumatic time for me, for sure. And the focus of my high school experience was often on, uh, you may or may not have guessed it, like when was I going to get a boyfriend, right? I really wanted a boyfriend. Um, and then after I had the boyfriend, right, am I going to get another boyfriend or what's up with this boyfriend or yada, yada, yada. So most of my early readings were focused on that particular question. And every male card in the tarot deck was always, you know, a potential boyfriend or a boyfriend of the past. So that's my little funniness. But so I did read cards for myself when I was in high school. I remember once a cousin of mine who was a little bit dark saying like that, you know, it was like bad mojo to read your own cards. But it's kind of funny nowadays, right? Because we all do that all the time. It's actually quite lovely. But that was my first experience. And for me, I think I, I even read them a little bit until college. And I've even saved some of the old spreads that I did. So someday I'll have to pull those out and see if I can remember what was going on and if there were, was any accuracy there. Again, most of the cards I pulled at the time seemed a lot of doom and gloom. But, you know, again, I was seeing them through <laughs> through that mindset for sure. But I put those cards away for a really long time. 
and I didn't think about them really again. And as I started to awaken my intuition too, I never really even thought about tarot or any of those things having anything to do with our intuition. But it is definitely something that we see a lot of people doing today. And when I first went out to do readings, I remember going to a couple um, like Psychic Sunday thingy-majiggles where people would, you know, it'd be a 20-minute reading and they'd give you 20 bucks and you got to get out there and practice a lot and meet a lot of people. And people would always come into my little room and say, okay, well, where are your cards? Or where's your where's your pendulum? Like, what, what's going to happen now? And, and of course, for me, the way that my in- intuition and my information and guidance comes through is it just comes. And I just, usually it pops out of my mouth or I hear it a little bit in my head and then I, you know, just speak it. Or sometimes I'll get a vision or an image that I pass along. But I don't usually, as part of my practice, use cards. And not because there's anything wrong with them, simply because it's just it's just not something I do. I do occasionally pull cards for myself. And I love pulling cards for myself. And I may have talked about this before on the show, but I do occasionally get the urge to pull a card for a client. Sometimes, you know, I have decks lying around and before a session or in between sessions, if I have the pull or the the feeling to grab the deck or grab a card for someone, I will. And sometimes too, because of my uh, history with the tarot, and I think of it as tarot, so pronounce it however you like, sometimes I'll see a card in my mind's eye when I'm giving a reading. And I'm not so familiar that I always know what the heck they mean, but I do remember a lot of the cards from my youth. And so it's happened probably two, three, four times in sessions where I will see a card in my mind's eye and then I will go to my little book and look it up for the client and say, oh, I see this card. Okay, here's the message. And again, so kind of I call it reverse tarot, (laughs) right? I, I see the card and then I go to the deck. But this also speaks to, I think, one of the magical things about card decks and one of the reasons why they really help because they get us out of our mind or they have the potential to do that, right? Sometimes I might not be able to hear the words directly. Sometimes in one case I can think about, I probably could have heard the words directly, but if I had said them to the person, it would have seemed like I was just offering reassurance and I would have felt like kind of lame. But when I saw the card, it felt much more clearly that it was a message that was coming not for me, but from somewhere else. This was someone who was in the throes of a really, really devastating divorce and she was blindsided and really feeling like, will I ever be happy again? And the card that we picked, and I'm probably going to get it wrong because I don't remember it was a wands card. I think it was the four of wands or whatever. And I saw it in my mind's eye. And when I read it, it was the happy family card. So you will have that again. And it was a really beautiful message and one that I probably wouldn't have heard directly from the guides and one that when I got it this way, it seemed so much more, I could trust it more and she could trust it more. It felt so much more tangible. So that's another way where cards can sometimes help us, right? Because it's something in the world, it's a physical thing. Sometimes it feels more tangible than just what pops into our brain. And sometimes too, it gets us out of our mind altogether, right? I always talk about how Intuition involves surrender, right? It involves this sense of with the mind, you're always filling the blanks. You're always filling the space. You're always creating, creating thoughts and thoughts will just keep going and going and going and going and going if you let them go and they will fill up all of the empty space. But with intuition, ah, you have to be comfortable in that space of not knowing. 
And you have to be willing to surrender and get really quiet, get really, really still. And sometimes you get nothing, but you get into that space and you wait to see what comes. And it's often a surprise and it's often exciting, um, but you have to be in that space of not knowing. And that can be really hard for people because we have been trained, right, to always fill that space. We are not comfortable with the unknown and intuition always works from that place. It always comes from there. And letting go, letting go of what the message is going to be, letting go of attachment, letting go of my need to know it in a certain way or get a certain answer right now. So when you pick a card, it helps with that process of surrender because you don't, you don't know what you're going to get, right? And so it sort of codifies the way that intuition works anyway. And it helps us kind of get into that groove, into that way of being, right? It helps us to surrender. It also helps us recognize, too, the difference between our mind, which is somewhat self-generated. It's really not. Your mind is really just your conditioned responses, and all that conditioning is we actually all share a mind. The mind is just sort of the thought streams that are out there, and then we tend to connect with the ones that most match our current conditioning and our current level of awareness. So we just will be triggered by what's kind of already set up in our space and the conditioning, the patterning, the triggering, whatever you want to call it, those are the things that are likely to be in our perception of the collective mind. But I like to think of the mind as like weather and weather can be happening to lots of people, right? And you're just one of the people experiencing it and you're going to experience it from your own perspective, from your own vantage point and based on your own, you know, proclivities, right? Like some people love the rain and some people hate it. And some people like it some days and other days they're like, dang, I wanted to go horseback riding today and it's pouring rain, so I have to cancel. The mind is kind of like that. And so sometimes it's hard to discern what's going on in our mind from what is the voice of our soul, what is our intuition. So again, divination cards can help us with that because you pick a card, you surrender, you get the message on the card. And so it can be really clear that that message did not come from my mind. Right, And so for some people, this can be really, really helpful because it can sometimes be hard to discern, you know, what's wishful thinking, what's my thoughts, what's my fears, and what's coming from the card. And so I think that's what makes divination cards so magical. Now, some of the pitfalls of working with divination cards, well, first of all, you can still overthink. You can believe me, I've seen tarot readers that really overthink. You can overthink anything. You are blessed with a mind and that mind likes to keep going. So there are no limits to what you can overthink if you put your mind to it. So sometimes we get the message on the card and we're struggling to figure it out and to understand what it means. Sometimes we misattribute what it means or we misinterpret. That can happen as well. And so, you know, you overthink, you know, you just incorporate that message back into that conditioned loop of thought and then you've missed the message altogether. So tarot cards, divination cards are not infallible by any means, but they do offer us this opportunity to surrender and to get that sense of getting the message from somewhere else. Another potential pitfall, and it's not really a pitfall, it's, it's kind of both a guideline and a pitfall, but is how much of the match is that card for you, right? When you're picking a deck, I would always invite you to use your intuition. I would always invite you to see what resonates with you. And then I would also invite you when you're reading a deck to find one that doesn't feel fear-based. And they vary. And you know, you could say no deck is really fear-based, that 
tarot is not really fear-based. It's how you interpret it that's fear-based. And I would say yes. So fear is another pitfall. And if we approach anything with fear, we're likely to experience more, more of the same, right? And see everything through that lens of fear will create more fear for us. So if you can help it, don't do that. And if you can't help it, Listen to the episodes around facing your fears. And I don't even know, making peace with fear, I think it's called. We'll have it in the show notes. But anyway, no, it's the thing that we all are working on sometimes. But again, the more you can recognize when you're in fear, that helps you shift out of it. But some decks I find are higher vibey than others, just overall. And so we want the messages to be life affirming. We don't want the messages to be something bad's going to happen. We want them to feel positive. We want them to feel empowering. And then on top of that, you want it to resonate with you. You want images that you know you feel really drawn to and make you feel good. You want messages that, again, you read these cards and you feel better afterwards. So use some discernment when you're choosing your deck because you really want to find decks that make you feel good, right? And intuition, the voice of our intuition, sometimes it will give us information that, you know, our ego might not want to hear. And so that can provoke just a little frisson of fear now and again, but the messages themselves are always neutral. They're always loving. They're always supportive. They don't come from your mind. They don't come from your ego. They come from your soul, right? And your soul is all loving and really uh, doesn't always have a vested interest in the same way your ego does of how this stuff shakes out, right? There is no fear on the other side or at the level of soul. That's a very human thing. So you want to have a deck, you know, that really feels uplifted to you, that raises your vibration and that the messages feel really, really life affirming and positive, okay? Another thing to think about with the divination card, and this is true with everything, but divination cards really give you this opportunity is the energy with which you practice them. Okay, and with which you use them. So yours truly in high school, right? We had a pretty heavy energy. <laughs> okay, just gotta be fair, right? Everything was like, does he like me? Does he not like me? Will I have a boyfriend? You know, will he come back? Like I'm making it sound very light, but at the time, like these were heavy questions. Okay, and a lot of seriousness and a lot of really strong energy. And look, if you find yourself in that place about whatever's going wrong, even if it's a boyfriend and you know, you're know you 17, which is totally fine and I feel with you. And I have since worked with many 17-year-olds with boyfriend issues and have seen you know that I wasn't unique to be suffering in the way that I was at that age. So these are real, real things and not to make light of them. But anyhow, if you find yourself in a difficult circumstance, if you find yourself really emotionally activated, it's still fine to read those cards. And I sometimes that's the exact moments when I choose them. Because if I choose the right deck, it's usually very reassuring and uplifting. And I get the messages that will help me break out of those feelings, or at least give me a little bit of, you know, joy or support or reassurance that, you know, even though life feels a little intense right now, I'm still loved and supported and guided. And that's really what we all you know, need to hear in those moments. But I would say the more that you can address the divination cards when you're reading for yourself, but especially when you're reading for others with a lightness, with a play, with a joy, right? Have fun with it. Divination cards really lend themselves to having fun, to not being so serious. And you know, we have playing cards, right? And divination decks can really have that element of play. 
And so I really invite you to think of them that way as well. Some of my favorite decks are the ones that are animal decks. I love spirit animal decks because again, animals just make me feel light and it's just such a great way to get that information. You know, whatever animal you pick is the energy that you need right now. So those decks are really, really fun. But just find ones that are light, that are joyful, and and approach it with that energy of curiosity and play because that's when our intuition really works best. And at the end of the day, too, that's when we're really having the most fun and joy. And and oftentimes we're asking these questions because that is what we're looking for in our lives, right? And it can start right with connecting with your inner wisdom. So taking the deck too seriously would be another pitfall. And one that's really, 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 really not necessary, right? Because they are just inherently cool and fun. Another thing that sometimes people do with these decks is that they get way too hung up on the meaning of the card, right? If it's something traditional like tarot, you know, they've studied it, they know what it's supposed to mean, and they can get really in their head about it, and they can over-intellectualize it. One of my dear friends from high school had tarot cards, and he was the most intellectual person I think I've ever known in my life in this particular body, and he had them all over his senior page. We used to do like individualized little pages, and, and his senior page rocked and he's a wonderful, fine human being. But um, I think about it, I remember even at the time being like, oh my God, he's so intellectualizing this thing. And that's fine if you like that, but it may take you away from the magic because intuition doesn't come from the mind, remember? So we want to approach these things with a loose mind and we want to use those messages that kind of pop out at us and we don't want to overthink it or overanalyze it or know in advance what we think it has to mean. I think it was Corby Mitlead who was on the show a while ago who uses cards a lot in her practice and she's a longtime psychic and a really fun guest to have was saying, you know, sometimes when she reads cards, she gets the meaning of, of the card that she's used to. The I think she actually does tarot as well. And then she said one time she picked a card and she knew instantly that it was the image on the card. It had nothing to do with the quote unquote meaning, but there was something about that image that was relevant. And she went with that. So she uses the card, right, as a springboard for intuition, but she doesn't get hung up on what it has to mean. And I invite you to do that too, because sometimes it's, you know, the color in the card, or sometimes it's something about the image that really speaks to you, right? Like maybe there's an owl on the card and, you know, there's just something about owl energy that you needed and it has nothing to do with the meaning in the deck. And then sometimes too, what I do with these is I read the little booklet and if I don't get a hit right off the card right away, because sometimes you just get a hit right from the picture or what it says, other times I just open the booklet and I see where my eyes are drawn and I see what message pops out at me. And usually those are the words that I need to hear. I don't have to read everything that was written. I don't have to analyze it or think about it or figure out what it means. Oftentimes it's a word or a phrase or a couple of things or just the picture on the card and then the message is received. All right. So remember when you're using cards, use them loosely. Don't get hung up on what they have to mean. Tune into what you think they mean for you, where your attention is drawn, how they make you feel. And you know what awakens in you when you see that card? Because again, they're pointers towards your own intuition. They're not a replacement for that. They're not the answer, so to speak. Again, really, they're just another tool that you can use to get in touch with your own inner wisdom, what you already know, and the wisdom of your soul 
right? That was yours when you got here. It's just that, you know, sometimes we forget, we get distracted, and we need these little nudges to find our way home. I really, really do enjoy working with divination cards and enjoying their energy and playing with them. But I also know, right, not to take it super duper seriously. Divination cards, like everything else in this world, are here to awaken that knowing within us, but they're not a replacement for it. So we want to be really, really careful not to give the power away to the card deck. And remember, we're always in the driver's seat. If you do a reading and you don't like the answer and it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. Let it go, right? Don't think that these things are set in stone. And if you go to a tarot reader, and today we're mostly talking about readings for you, but if you go to a reading for someone else and they spew out a fear-based message, be wary. Remember, friends, especially for using these to tell the future, which is not something that I typically do and, and not even necessarily something that I would recommend. Um, And maybe we'll talk about that more in a bit, right? But if you go to someone that gives you a fear-based message, whether it's with cards or not, always use your own discernment and always remember we're powerful creators, right? So if we live in fear, (laughs) we are going to experience fear in that outside world. So always give yourself the benefit of the loving choice, the loving answer, the loving insights. And if something doesn't feel loving, please, by all means, let it go. That doesn't mean the cards or our intuition will always tell us exactly what we want to hear, right? Because sometimes our ego wants something that is not what's right for us or best for us, and that is okay. But what it does mean is that most of the time, we really want messages that uplift and inspire us, right? And if you get something and it's not what you want and you're not ready to hear it and it gets your panties in a twirl, that is okay. Step away, let it go. If you need to get the message again, you'll have another chance. The last thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit about how these cards work, right? Because it does kind of feel like magic. And I've had magical situations all the time with cards and with signs, which cards are really, in some ways, it's the same as as when we see signs in the outside world. It's just that with a card, you're actually picking it. But I've had amazing experiences with cards that have been mind-blowing, And I have a blog post on my website, Haunted by a Tarot Card, talking about a wonderful experience I had with the Tower Card, which is one of the quote-unquote bad cards. There are no bad cards in Tarot, but one of the dreaded cards (laughs) because, you know, it's like the death and destruction card. And then ended up having a pretty transformational couple of years after pulling this card that, you know, definitely imbued that energy, not in a terrible way, friends. I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm actually awesome and I'm rocking it, which is why there truly are no bad tarot cards. But again, it was a pretty remarkable experience where that card was just showing up everywhere, everywhere, and it kind of wouldn't go away. Ah, right. And so it can kind of feel like magic. And that didn't really feel like magic, but it did feel pretty incredible, pretty surprising. And it kind of is because the way that these cards work, right, is the way everything in life works. We set an intention and we set an intention to use this vehicle, this vessel to these cards to hear our inner wisdom, to connect with our inner wisdom. We set that intention. And as always, you want to set a clear and a high intention. You want to do this. What is my highest and greatest good? Please let this little exercise of pulling a card or pulling a series of cards serve my greatest good. And if you're doing it for someone else, you know, the collective, their greatest good and and the good for all. I always say the highest good. So you set that intention and then, you know, the universe agrees to work with you. 
and our guides work with us and we start to attract in, right, the card that we most need to hear, to pull, to see, because we have set that intention, please show me my guidance and the guidance comes. Cards are really cool too because they're very tangible, like I said before. So unlike an idea that pops into your head, a card is something that you see. And look, we live in a 3D world to some extent. It's a physical world with like real things. And so oftentimes when we can experience our intuition, when we can experience the magic in a tangible form, it really does make it more real and more accessible to our human self. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. It's actually pretty darn cool. And so, you know, cards give us that opportunity to have that experience as well. Tarot cards and divination cards are just wonderful, wonderful tools, so much fun. But remember, they're only as good as the person who is reading them, right? And so how we interpret the cards, whether we are a boy-crazed 17-year-old drama queen <laughs> or, you know, a 54-year-old mature woman, which I will, I will say that I am now, you know, who knows? I have a lot of toys too. I still love my coloring books. But regardless, remember too that it's only as good as the person giving the reading, just like every other form of intuition. And that too, you know, write them down because sometimes you're going to get a message and you're going to interpret a message based on what you understand now. And the guides know this. And again, when you set that intention, they'll often give you you know, what you need to hear in the moment and how you need to hear it. And that's really fine. But just be aware too, especially when you're going to somebody else, don't give your power away to that reader. Don't think just because it said it in the cards and they said it means this, right? That they know best. Always trust your own intuition. Always trust what feels right to you. And always remember again that all forms of guidance, be the divination cards or signs in the world, or that wise voice in your head, or the chills, right? Or that feeling of knowing, or however your guidance is revealing itself to you in the present moment, right? It's always a cooperation between you and your highest self. It's always your own special communication. And so you always want to tune in and really allow that message to speak to you in your own language, through your own heart, and please let go of anything, anything at all that doesn't resonate with your highest and truest good. So I think that is all I have today on divination cards. Actually, a lot more ideas are coming through, but I've already been talking 28 minutes, 29 now. So I'm thinking probably time to start to wrap up. We'll be talking about this topic again for sure in upcoming episodes about the power of ritual. So stay tuned for that because it's very similar. And remember that in using your tarot, your divination cards or anything else that you're doing in your life, it's always best to follow your intuition, follow your own inner guidance and figure out the way and that works best for you and where you feel that resonance, where you feel called. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in. You might catch me in the Facebook group, Intuitive Connection Community. I don't usually do card polls. I do do a lot of readings, but who knows? Maybe a card poll will be in the future now that uh, we've done this episode. I would also love to hear your experiences with divination cards and your amazing magical stories. So you can shoot me an email or share those in the group. We would love to hear your own experiences or questions about working with divination cards and also your own little miracles and magic experiences. So thank you as always for tuning in and namaste. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.